0: I want to go over with y'all this idea of new in college football today. And this idea of new centers around hopeful and wishful thinking versus realistic thinking. And within this hopeful and wishful thinking comes the idea that we don't want to see the same old, same old. We don't want to see the same teams do well. We want to see new teams make the playoff. We want to see new teams represent for their, for their division and their conference championship. We don't want to see Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma. We want to see Texas. We want to see Miami. Wouldn't A&M be an awesome story? Because we saw LSU a couple of years ago. We don't want to see the same old, same old. And so when Alabama loses seven, eight, nine coordinators, or when Urban Meyer retires out of Ohio State, there's going to be talk about why their dynasties are dead or why they are going to have a downfall with their programs. It there's you are not going to see many outside of maybe those programs fan bases. You are not going to see in the media talk on why Alabama is going to continue to roll, why the tide's going to continue to roll, or why Clemson's just not going to lose in the ACC, or why despite Urban Meyer retiring, Ohio State still going the playoff. You're not going to see any of that talk because the entertainment world, which a lot of the entertainment world consist of the media a lot of the media is going to hype up this idea of new so who are those new teams that can represent the college football playoff now a lot of people remember things in groups of 3 so let's look at the not including 2020 let's look at the last 3 uh, off season or way too early predictions preseason predictions and our rankings so let's look at 2018, 2019, and then let's look at this coming year. So 2018, preseason, top 25. Alabama, I'll just hit the top 10. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Washington, Oklahoma, Miami, Auburn, Penn State. Now a couple of teams surprised me in that top 10, Washington and Miami. I, I guess I can understand Washington a little bit based on how they finished that pre the previous season, which was a top 15 ranking based that they're on that they were returning a lot of starters, and that they play in the Pac-12, non-conference wasn't too difficult outside of Auburn. So I could see Washington being ranked around that five to eight area, given that they were probably going to finish pretty high with the rankings, given to get, again, their schedule. But Miami at number eight really shocked me. Remember how in 2017 Miami had a breakthrough year? And as soon as a school like a Miami, you're going to see the same thing with a Tennessee, a Texas, and I'll get into the Longhorns later. Tennessee, Nebraska, you're going to see schools like that, that as soon as they do pretty good, you're they're going to be hyped up like crazy. And that was the case with Miami in 2018. And you know what? They started the season off number eight. They did not even finish ranked. They went 7-5, and five, including a very disappointing start to the season against LSU in which they got... Well, they got beat decisively, and LSU was only favored to go 7-5 and five that year and started off number 25 in the country. And LSU shocked some people, as well as Kentucky and Washington State that year. But those teams are going to get hyped up. One, LSU has been good in the past, and they didn't do great in 2017, so it's going to be reasons on why they're going to have a downfall. It's like reasons on why the rich will not get richer, and reasons on why the poor can be better and in 2019, we saw the same case in the preseason with Texas, and they were ranked number 10 in the preseason. We also saw we also saw Michigan at number 7 in the preseason. Remember I told you about Urban Meyer retiring at Ohio State a couple of years ago? Well, as soon as he retired, there was all this talk about why Michigan is going to represent the Big Ten East to make the college football playoff, and there was a very well-known college football analyst, who predicted that as well. And Texas at number 10, based on the fact that they had a very good season the year before, but now, even despite them losing nine starters on defense, and their schedule getting more difficult, and remember in 2018, Texas won a lot of close games, so it's not like they were doing it in dominant fashion. It's reasons on why Texas is back. Because... Like Miami, they were good in the past, and they haven't been good for a while, so we want to see them good. Again, going back to that hopeful and wishful thinking versus the realistic thinking. So now let's look at the 2021 uh, preseason rankings. At least I'm going to hit on four teams that I think are being a little bit too hyped up and that I think should be taken with a grain of salt. Those four schools being, again, this is for this coming season, Texas A&M, Iowa State, North Carolina, and Indiana. All four of those teams are getting hyped up maybe a little bit more than they they should. I talked earlier about the tiers of college football. Most of the change in college football happens in the Tier 2 to Tier 3 range. Now, maybe every once in a while, you get a 2019 LSU that from the Tier 2 can represent for the Tier 1. But that's once every five to six, seven years. That's not two or three teams every single year from the tier two, much less the tier three ranks of college football. And Iowa State and Indiana are both tier three. It's just that for this given season, remember we had the extra year of eligibility for a lot of players? So that means schools like Iowa State and Indiana, instead of having to ret- Instead of uh, them losing a lot of guys and facing rebuilding years, because Tier 2 and Tier 3 rebuild, they don't reload, they get a lot of these guys back. So that's why they've been put on these higher pedestals than they normally would. But now, with a more normal-like season and year, it's going to be harder for these teams to have that same kind of success that they had last year, because a lot of their success last year was predicated on the fact that they had a lot more experience. And remember last year, we didn't have that offseason of preparation. So teams with more experience did a little bit better than the teams with not as much experience because they didn't need the repetition as much. Everybody does, but they didn't need it as much. And so now these teams are being, being put on, I think, too high of pedestals because of what they did last year. Texas A&M, let's go over them one by one. Texas A&M, They're getting hyped up for a potential playoff run. Why? Well, number one, they did pretty good last year. And here's the biggest reason why. It's because of what Alabama loses, not what A&M has. Now, I've learned this from experience in the past, and I'm not going to make this mistake again. Sometimes, again, in the past, I have predicted a Tier 2-like school to beat a Tier one especially when you play them at home like A&M does with Alabama this year. I predict those Tier 2 teams to win sometimes because of what Tier 1 loses. But I've learned over time to, if I do predict a Tier 2 team to win that kind of matchup, it should be based on what A&M has. Now, A&M had a pretty good team last year. And Jimbo Fisher actually said this in a quote a few days ago. He said, every single year, your team changes, which means... The atmosphere within your program changes. It starts over. you got a brand new team. And a and for the most part, does have a brand new team this year, with having to replace a quarterback in Kellen Mond, who was the most experienced quarterback in program history, and four starters off of one of the better offensive lines from last year. So are we predicting a and to do well because we want them to and we don't want to see Bama and it's because of what Bama loses? Or are we predicting it what a and has? I would go with option A there, saying that I think it has to do with what we want to see versus what the realistic thinking. And the realistic thinking is A&M's success last year was a little bit exaggerated because of COVID, because they also got LSU in a transition year. And keep in mind, LSU didn't play two of their better quarterbacks against A&M, and A&M still barely won. Although you could say that they won decisively. But remember one of their touchdowns was a pick six. LSU and A&M tied in total yardage. Now A&M has to go to Baton Rouge. They have a brand new offensive line against what's considered to be one of the better defensive lines in the SEC with LSU's. Now LSU is going to have both their quarterbacks. I don't want to scrutinize too much. Point is, I think a and being put on too high have a pedestal here. Iowa State, they have to travel to Norman and to Morgantown to play West Virginia. Those are two of the better teams in the in the Big 12 for this coming season outside of Iowa State. So is Iowa State a likely candidate for the playoff, or are they a likely candidate maybe for the near six or a Tier 2 bowl game? Because remember how I said earlier, I think Iowa State's a Tier 3 team. Well, I think they're going to be much better this year, but that means maybe Tier 3 to Tier 2. Doesn't mean I don't think Iowa State can beat Oklahoma, maybe in Norman, but they're Iowa State, which means they would have to beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship to make the college football playoff, like the ultimate test kind of thing. And I don't think Iowa State can pass that last level or to cross that threshold into being a Tier 1 team. That's my prediction. And remember, this is also given the fact that a team like Iowa State, who typically wins a lot of close games, doesn't lose one of those close games this year, meaning they have to win in West Virginia against Neil Brown and the Mountaineers, which is going to be a tricky task. They're a good team this year. North Carolina. Remember, these teams we're talking about are for the potential uh, playoff chance for their first-time program history. And for North Carolina to do that, to make the playoff, not win 10 games, to make the playoff, they would have to beat Miami at home, Notre Dame on the road. Notre Dame's not in the ACC, but it's one of their scheduled games. Remember, they have to win their games to make the playoff, not win their conference games to play for their conference championship here. They have to win at Notre Dame and likely take care of, Cam- of Clemson and the ACC championship just to make the college football playoff. Yeah, that's not too difficult, right? You see, here we go again with trying to talk up a Tier 2 team or a Tier 3 team to a Tier 1. The chain- Tier 1 doesn't change. Tier 2 and Tier 3 do. So if you want to say North Carolina, again, can win 10 11 games be a Tier 2? That's fine. Playoff, I would think twice about that. And then Indiana, another team like a and that had a lot of experience last year and whose success was exaggerated by COVID. And now they have to play at Penn State. People may not know this, but last year when Indiana beat Penn State, questionable call at the end of the game, I'm not going to go into scrutinize those little things, but Penn State outgained them by 200 yards. And now Indiana has to travel to Happy Valley and it's likely going to be a wideout. Remember, we're going we're gonna to have fans back in the stands. Now Penn State's not going to have all the opt-outs either. And now Indiana also has to play Cincinnati in the non-conference. By the way, besides those two games, they also have to travel to Iowa, Kinnick Stadium, one of the tougher places to play in the country to start off with. And I haven't even mentioned Ohio State yet. And you can't count out Michigan because they have to play them in the big house this year. So are these predictions based on hopeful and wishful thinking or realistic thinking? I'll let you decide on that. But my advice, when you see these tier two and tier three schools being hyped up for a potential playoff run versus 10 or nine or 10 wins, just take it with a grain of salt. That's my advice.